God. All you will see is thank you. Search my heart, oh God, that all you will see is thank you. For Lord, no one can do this. No one can take the glory, oh God. And Lord, as the wise ones, we become all the glory to you. Asking that Lord, you who have started this good work, Father, complete in the lives of your people. Complete in the life of your people. That no one will suffer shame. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, I Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 God is really good. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I was speaking to my wife yesterday. She was sharing a testimony with me that someone posted on Instagram. And I told her, I said, look, I may not be so deep in scriptures, but if there's anything that I know, the word of God, it works. So just like how now you were saying, I say God can be trusted. I'm saying it again. The word of the Lord can be trusted. The Bible said, that let God be true. Let your circumstance be a liar. Let God be true. And let your challenge be the lie. Praise God. If only you would dare to trust God. I know what my God can do. Hallelujah. This, this afternoon, we're reading from the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 from verses 1 to 4 to 7. Philippians chapter 4 from verses 4 to 7. The Bible says here, and I'll read quickly. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request before God. And the peace which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, or my brothers and my sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Hallelujah. And the God of peace would be with you. This afternoon, quickly, the title of my sermon is Rejoice. Hallelujah. You can say to the person seated next to you, Rejoice. Hallelujah. Rejoice. 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 Hallelujah. My God can be trusted. Hallelujah. Rejoice. You see, the anchor text for our month says, it says, From them shall come the songs of thanksgiving and the sounds of rejoicing. That is the guarantee that so long as you ascribe to what Paul was advising us here in scripture, you are guaranteed to see what God has said concerning your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Just to begin to convey my thought this morning, I said here that one of the proofs of our Christianity, in other words, 
if you are going to prove to someone that you are truly a Christian, the proof of your Christianity is not based on how many scriptures you are able to memorize. Praise God. The unbelievers can memorize scriptures. It is not based on how long you speak in tongues. After all, Paul says, even if I speak in other tongues and I have no charity in me, it profited me nothing. Praise God. Our proof of Christianity, it is not by how much we give. Praise God. Because even the ungodly involve themselves in charity giving. Praise God. It is not by what? How many hours we serve in church. So perhaps you think that if I'm going to show that I'm a Christian, it is primarily based on how much I serve in church. No. The proof of my Christianity and your Christianity is in nothing else but to the extent you and I are able to demonstrate the character of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The degree to which I'm able to prove to you that I'm a Christian is to the extent I'm able to reflect Christ to you and to others. Hallelujah. Therefore, if this then be the case, the ability to communicate Christ or to represent Christ is what I regard as what? Spiritual maturity. I'm going somewhere. Praise God. This is why Paul was saying that my little children for whom I labor and again I labor until what? Christ is formed in you. Praise God. In other words, the entirety of scripture, the essence of our Christianity is that you and I, people are able to see the person of Christ in us. Praise the Lord. Little wonder when you read Acts 4 verse 3, Acts 4 verse 13 rather, it says that as a result of how Peter and John began to speak, they realized that these people were no longer ordinary men because these people must have spent time with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That they must have spent time with Jesus. In other words, if we are going to be spiritually mature to prove that we are Christians, then there are certain things that you and I must begin to ascribe ourselves to. Praise God. Because it is only maturity that will show to the extent of a, of a Christian that you are. Praise God. So then, why is maturity important? Why is maturity important? Number one, I said here that maturity is important because there is an inheritance. Praise the Lord. There is an inheritance. When you read the Bible in the book of Galatians chapter 4 verse 1, it says what? That now I say to the heir that for as long as he's a child, praise God, I say to the heir that as long as he is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he be master of all. Praise the Lord. That although you are supposed to inherit everything, but so long as you remain childish, you are no different from a slave. So therefore, if we are going to receive our inheritance in Christ, there is a need for us to demonstrate our spiritual maturity. Praise the Lord. Because when we read Philippians 1, it says that what God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing what? In heavenly places. However, it will take maturity to access the promises of God. Praise the Lord. And so when you listen to all the testimonies the people shared here, there is only one thing God is seeking to achieve. I want to make you mature. 
Praise God. You may say yes, it's painful. But the Bible makes us understand that what? All these things are patterns of growth. Praise God. Because what? Growth is never a pleasant experience. Praise God. So here, I say that maturity is important because there is what? An inheritance. Praise the Lord. Number two, is that what? It gives liberty or liberty only belongs to those who are mature. Praise God. Liberty only belongs to those who are mature. You read the Bible, Galatians 4 verse 3. It says that what? Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of this world. Praise God. When we were children, we were what? In bondage. You see, growing up, there was something my dad always did. As you grew older, the more he allowed you to have your liberty. Why? Because he expected that as a result of the things that I've taught you, those things are what will preserve you in the world outside. Praise God. The same principle applies to the Christian faith. That as a result of the liberty you have is a proof that you are now mature. Because God would not entrust you with certain things until you and I are able to prove that we are mature to receive them. Praise the Lord. There are certain blessings that you and I may be praying for, but rather it being a blessing, it will be a burden. The difference between a blessing and a burden is what? Maturity. Praise God. The difference between a blessing and a burden is what? Maturity. Praise God. Number three is that what victory only belongs to those who are mature. So for instance, your desire is to live a victorious Christian life. Then you know what? There is need for you and I to grow. This is why James was saying, count it all joy. When you go through various trials and tribulations, because in it, there is something God is seeking to accomplish. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you understand fully well that what? For us to be or to reflect the character of Christ, there is a need for us to be what? Mature. Praise the Lord. And it's one of the proofs, one of the proofs of maturity is my ability and your ability to what? Rejoice. Praise the Lord. One of the proofs that you are truly mature in the things of God is that what? You are able to what? Rejoice. You know why? Oftentimes we believe that for me to experience joy or happiness, in quote, is as a result of things happening for me. So when you read the scriptures, particularly in the book of Philippians, you begin to understand the mind of Paul. When you read through the scriptures, Paul never had a pleasant experience. So if my ability to rejoice was based on good things happening to me, then I'm missing the point. Praise the Lord. Because the Bible said, I was, for example, in the person of Jesus, that who for the joy that was set before him did what? Endured the cross. Praise God. And so our ability to rejoice should never ever be based on whether something good happens or not. Remember, God is seeking that what you and I be mature in him. And so here the dictionary tells us that what to rejoice means to give joy or to feel joy or great delight. Praise God. But we are going a bit deeper. Paul was saying not just rejoice. He said what? Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. 
In other words, there is a foundation for you to rejoice. And it's saying that your joy should not be in anything but what? The joy of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I saw here, dictionary said that word, that to rejoice in means what? To have or to possess. Praise God. That to say that you are rejoicing in something is that you are saying that what? You have or you possess that thing that you are saying that you are rejoicing in. So when Paul is saying rejoice in the Lord, then you begin to understand what Christ, what Paul was trying to say. Why? Because the greatest treasure of any Christian is not based on what God is giving you, but at what? You have Christ. Praise God. The greatest treasure of any believer, it is not the material things you are able to amass, but in the understanding that what? I have Christ. That is why Paul was saying that I pray that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope and the riches that belong to them who are in Christ. There is something, there is a treasure that Paul was willing to forsake everything. When you read Philippians 3 verse 7, it says that what everything that I've gained, I count it what? Loss. That what? That I may what? Gain Christ. And so for that reason, if Christ begins to become your affection, if Christ is your object of affection, at that point in time, you have everything you need. Because the Bible said that what? In Him. Praise God. In Him. Everything you need is what? In Him. And if you have Him, you have what? All things. Praise the Lord. And so when Paul is saying rejoice in the Lord, it is a guarantee or a reassuring command that what? You have Christ. And that is what I'm trying to communicate to us today. And so here it says, what does it mean to rejoice in the Lord? I said that our ability to rejoice is the proof of our maturity and conformity to the person of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so why then do I need to rejoice? I'll just go to this quickly and we'll round up because I'm going somewhere. Why do we need to rejoice? And I said here that rejoicing is not dependent on external occurrences, but on the knowledge of Christ. Rejoicing is based on the promises and the one who made the promise. If you notice all the testimonies that came here this morning, they were always saying, God told me, God told me, God told me, the reality of it is that if you want to walk with God, there must always be a word. The Bible said that God met, encountered Abraham and said, Get thee out of thy country, into the land where I'm going to show you. And he says, as a result of your obedience, I will make you a father of many nations. Mind you, Abraham was 75 years old. Praise God. But the next time God will fulfill his promise was 15 years later. Now, that promise may come, but it did not look like it. Praise God. That's why I'm saying it here, that what God can be trusted. The Bible said that the just shall live. Praise God. So long as you subscribe to the curriculum of Christianity, the Bible recommends that what the just shall live by what? Faith. And what is faith? Believing everything God has said. Praise the Lord. And taking requisite actions in the line of what he has said. Praise the Lord. And so here you begin to understand that what? When you have that promise, what then do you begin to do? 
Praise the Lord. You see, I like the scripture when you read the book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, from 19 to 21. I'll just paraphrase it here. The Bible says, talking about Abraham, it said that he did not weaken in faith when he considered the impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead, but he was a hundred years old, or when considered the barrenness or deadness of Sarah's womb. It said no unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubting question concerning the promises of God. But he said he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. In other words, as Abraham began to rejoice in the promises of God, as he began to celebrate the one who made the promise, he continued to receive strength to hold on till when it comes. You see, the reality of it is this. We don't know when God will answer the prayer. But the question is, do you have what it takes to hold on to the very end? Whether God will do it or not is a, is a guarantee. But the question of when, we don't know. Praise God. And so God instituted a mechanism to ensure that we don't lose out on the promise. And what is that mechanism in our ability to rejoice? To rejoice in the Lord. The Bible said that what Abraham was giving glory to God. And as he was doing that, his faith was strengthened. In other words, that you are rejoicing in the promise. Father, I thank you for you made this promise. Praise God. You see, I, I, I can so much relate to the testimonies because I've been there myself. I have been there myself. So it's not like as if someone is telling me a petition story. No. But the reality of it is that what? The word of God. I say it again without no contradiction. The word of God can be trusted. The word of God can be This Bible. There is nothing truer than the Bible. The Bible said that we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. Only God can do what only God can do. Praise God. I, and I dare you to put your faith on the line. So you realize that it will only take our ability to rejoice for us to receive the promises of God concerning our lives. Number three is that what rejoicing is a system of supply of strength in our times of weaknesses. There are times when it will not look like it. But what do you do? Paul was saying, I rejoice in the Lord. You see, I want you to go and study the book of Philippians. As at the time he was writing that letter to the church in Philippi, Paul was in prison. But he was saying that what I rejoice because this will bring about a deliverance for me. Praise the Lord. So in other words, it was not going rosy. What do you do when you are weak? When you are sick and tired, it does not look like it. My brothers and my sisters, if you are willing to rejoice in the Lord, not just in anything, but to rejoice in the person of Christ, what has Christ done for you as a believer? What is your understanding of the finished works of Christ? Because your ability to rejoice in those things, the Lord begins to supply strength to carry on. And the reality of it is that when the promise is delivered, you see, God is never late. Many a times we think, oh God, if you don't do it now, the whole world will crash. I sometimes feel that way. But guess what? God knows the perfect time. Because when things begin to happen, that's why testimonies become sweeter. 
You see, there are times when you do testimony that you invoke testimonies yourself. When you are sharing it, it's almost stressful because you, you think of the energy you use to try and say, okay, let me come and share the testimony. Praise the Lord. I mean, if I'm making sense. There are some testimonies you want to work out yourself. Those are the ones that will cost you. But the ones that God does, trust me, it costs you nothing. Because you won't lift a finger, but you see God working in your favor. Praise the Lord. Those are the testimonies that are the spirit of prophecy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number four. To rejoice in the Lord is one of the systems of victory for the believer. Do you want to always experience victory all around? My brothers and my sister, you must learn how to rejoice. If that be the case, then when do I need to rejoice? Paul says what? Rejoice what? Always. In other words, if I want to experience victory all the days of my life, this is the secret. This is how we win in this kingdom. Praise God. This is how we win in this kingdom. You know, someone sang a song and said, this is how we win our battles. When we are able to continually, constantly rejoice in the Lord. It's a system. Because you know what? When you begin to rejoice, it will lead to thanksgiving. Praise God. And so when you are rejoicing, you are reflecting back on what Christ has done for you. Yes, what, may, what you want him to do may be pending. But when you sing back on the faithfulness of God, there are times nobody here can tell me God has been wicked all the days of their life. You, you don't deserve to live if that's the case. There are so many things God has done for you that are supposed to be in your bank that you will begin to withdraw to reflect on them and say, Ah, God, you have been faithful. You are too faithful to fail. You are too credible to default. That is your nature. Hallelujah. And that is how we secure the victory or the testimony for the next level. And in conclusion, someone says something. He says what? A rejoicing heart soon makes a praising tongue. Praise God. Because the moment you begin to rejoice, all of a sudden you find yourself singing. And you forget what you are singing about. That is how you know that you have won your battle. And so even when we go into a time of thanksgiving, I want you to abandon your worries. I want you to abandon your anxieties. Paul says what? Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and what? Thanksgiving. Because the moment you begin to have, how you know a prayer is answered is peace. It is not by when it happens. No. Because the Bible said that what? For the things that we see are temporal. But the things that we do not see what? Eternal. But you know that the prayer is answered the moment God gives you peace concerning that issue. Because that is what the devil wants to do. He wants to take away your peace. But when Jesus is present in that matter, I guarantee you, you would receive the peace you need concerning that issue. And so when we go into a time of thanksgiving, I want you to thank God with understanding. I want you to rejoice in the Lord. Because this God will be trusted. This God can... I say, my life is a testimony. I cannot... I cannot... If I begin to share... like. All these testimonies everybody sharing were certain phases of my life. They were certain phases of, I knew when I came to this country and the lady who was doing the agency was telling me, there is no job when you get, and I told her my case is different. It was an understanding. I had that innermost confirmation within me. 
It may not be working for others, but not me. Because you see, destiny is a matter of mindset. That's the reality of life. And so when you understand what you are doing, regardless, God deals with us on an individual basis. On an individual basis. And so when you are thanking God, I want you to please do it in an understanding. Because the truth is this. God cannot owe any man. God cannot owe any man. That is my assurance to you. That God cannot owe anybody. God is not a debtor. But God can be trusted. Let us bow our heads as we pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we just want to say thank you for your word that has come this morning or afternoon, O God. But we are asking, O God in heaven, for the grace to rejoice. The Bible said that with joy in our hearts, we are able to draw water from the wells of salvation. Gracious Father in heaven, I pray, O God, that Lord, in this season, for anyone who is anxious about any matter, I know for those who are saying, my school fees is due, what do I do? The Lord is saying rejoice. You are saying that my marriage is on the verge of breaking, God is saying rejoice. Perhaps your career is on the verge of even taking a, a negative turn, God is saying what? Rejoice. Because it takes joy to see the hand of God on that matter. And therefore, Lord, O God in heaven, as we rejoice in you, O God, take all the glory. Take all the glory. And let your name be magnified in our lives. That, Lord, we will return this time, 2022, to confess of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.